Good evening to those in social media. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you without saying that message. We thank you again for listening to us. Pray we've been a blessing to you. And we always want to just continue to pray for you. And like I said, we always uh, encourage you to reach out to us if you have any needs or wants to pray for us. Any prayer requests, we will always encourage you to reach out to us and just leave a message either by Facebook or YouTube, whatever. And um, we'd be definitely uh, be glad to pray for you. So we started a new series and this is the third week. This is lesson three. We're talking about the habits of a, of a thankful heart. And we've been coming from, this is focused on the book of Philippians. And tonight we're going to, deal with the lesson three and we're going to talk about um things that aren't always what they sing okay things are not always what they seem okay and i'm going to the focus verse we're going to do two verses basically but i'm going to do uh philippians chapter one verse 19 okay and it says here i'm reading from um Living translate, it says, Yes, I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. This is Paul talking to the church of Philippi, Philip, excuse me, Philippi. And he's, you know, remember we talked about how he was in jail. He was in jail. And his face is in prison, but he's wrote them a letter. But listen to what he's saying. He says, yes, I will rejoice. Okay, so we know that part of being a thankful person being is to rejoice. I remember in the first one we said, he said, rejoice again. I always say, he, re uh, he repeated twice, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. And so he says, yes, I will rejoice for I know that through your prayers and the help of the spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. So he was in jail and he believed that he was going to be delivered. So he's in a bad situation, but he says, okay, it don't look like what he's seeing. He's basically saying, okay, I'm in a bad situation, but you know what? Things are not always the same, what they seem. So many of us have personal disappointments that we later recognize are acts of grace, okay? In the midst of a difficult situation, situation and circumstance, it feels impossible that God could transfer something bad into something good. And maybe you're in a situation now during this holiday season. Um, maybe, <clears throat> like I said, you once again, you are depressed or you're down because you maybe this is not the time to see you want to really deal with because you've lost people or you're not where you want to be financial, whatever the case may be. You're going through something. But sometimes we don't realize that God can bring something good out of a bad situation. Okay. But sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes this can be an act of grace. Because if you know the grace of God can do anything, otherwise, it can bring something bad, I mean, good out of something bad. Okay. So we all have disappointments. But sometimes, and I know in my life, sometimes those things turn out to, to be an act of grace. Sometimes we can't always see, you know, in front of us. We can't see as far as God. God knows what's ahead. And so sometimes we look at bad situations or we when we're in a bad situation, 
It's hard for us to be thankful. And it's hard for us to say, you know what? Because we only see what we are in the present moments. But look at Paul. It says, Paul was in prison. His enemies were making his life even harder. Yet Paul is able to rejoice because he knows that a sovereign God is using these circumstances to spread the gospel. Now, we got to look at the word sovereign. He's God is sovereign. He's more, God is as sovereign as his word. Okay. So sovereign doesn't mean God is controlling everything. And I know we we use that word sovereign means God is in control of everything. No, sovereign just means God is supreme. He's superior. God, he is outside of anything, his creation. In other words, nobody controls him. And so, but God can take a bad situation and work it out. Now that's not his, that's not what he always, that's not, sometimes we say, hey, well, you know what? God allows this to happen so he can do this. No, it's just that God knows we live in a fallen world and things are going to happen, but he's able to work things out for our good when we put our trust in him, when we believe we have this attitude of thankfulness, knowing that, as Paul says here, it's going to turn off of my deliverance. I'm going to come out on the winning side. This is the type of attitude we have to have when it comes to habits of a thankful heart. Paul also trusted that God would use these circumstances to deliver him. So he trusted that God, okay, this is going to work out for my good. And so what I'm saying tonight is things may not look bad right now. But you have to believe that God's going to work this out for your good, okay? So just therefore, when you believe that God's going to work things out for your good, you're going to praise him. You're going to make it a habit to thank God even in the midst of your hard time. Even ridicule and persecution, even the ridicule and persecution we, we receive, we receive will work out for our advantage, Okay. Even the persecution and the ridicule that you receive, okay, we receive will work out for our advantage if we trust God and just learn how to praise him. In eternity, the Lord will more than compensate us for injustice or injury we sustain because of our faithfulness to him. So we we know that in the end, when in turn, dear, we know God, we're going to be compensated for the things that we, um, especially in Paul's case, preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel, and he suffered persecution for that. He suffered a lot because he was sharing the gospel. He was put in prison because he was sharing the message of Jesus Christ. And Paul knew, I'm going to be compensated for this. And you have to believe saying, whatever you're going through, you have to know that God is going to compensate you for what you're going through, you're going to come out on top. So things are not always what they seem. Okay. It may look bad right now, but hey, and a lot of times, like I said, when we're looking at something right now in the present, we can't, it was hard for us, difficult for us to praise God because hey, in the present moment, things look really, really bad. But you got to get in the habit of praising God, even in the midst of your struggle. The scripture teaches that rewards are given to those who endure persecution for the gospel's sake. Rewards are given to them. You can go to Matthew 10 and 42 for that. You know, if you, when you're persecuted, you're going to receive rewards for that. But Paul was saying that he would be rewarded for his stance for the gospel and the impact he was making 
whether the listeners mocked him or mutilated him. He says, hey, I will be rewarded even though I'm in prison, being mocked, I'm being mutilated, I'm being mistreated. You know, but he's saying here, hey, I'm going to be rewarded. So I'm going to give God thanks and I'm going to praise him. Okay, so let's go and I'm just going to read again. Philippians chapter 1, 19 and 20. Reading from the 11th, it says, For I know that as you pray for me, the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me. This will lead to my deliverance. So Paul believed that. And now 20 says, for I'm, I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed. Okay, check that out. But that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or whether I die. You see, he didn't fully expect, he said, I learned what 20 said, I fully expect, hope that I would never be ashamed. He says, hey, see, your situation may, when people look at you right now, you may feel shame. I know shame, you know, and the enemy want to bring shame to us. And I know things are hard right now, but you know what? He says, hey, I, Paul said, I'm not going to be ashamed. He's in prison, okay? And it can't get no more shameful than that. He's been in prison. He's been locked up. And maybe your situation is shameful. But you know what? He says, hey, I'm not going to be ashamed. Even though people might try to shame you, don't you be ashamed. But be, he says, but I will continue to be bold for Christ. You, I want to encourage you to continue to be bold for Christ, even though you're going through something. Even though you're going through a hard time, continue to be bold for Christ and stand up. He said, as I have been in the past. And he said, I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I'm living or what I'm dying. That's what we're supposed to do. This is the habit of a thankful person that they want to bring God honor, whether they're living or whether they're dying. He said, I want to bring honor. So Paul is just reading a little bit from the says Paul didn't just hope that he would glorify the Lord in his actions. And this is coming from verse 20. He had an earnest expectation and hope. The difference between excellent and mediocre is, is often what is believed, but to the degree to which something is believed. So this is the difference between excellent and mediocre. It's not often what you believe, but to what degree do you believe that God is gonna, gonna give you the victory. What to what to what degree? Because sometimes people say, hey, you know, I believe God, but to what degree could Paul believe? And he praised God with thanking God. He said, it doesn't matter whether I live or die, I'm gonna honor God. So to what degree do you believe that? Because Paul was he was fully persuaded. You have to be fully persuaded. This is the habits of a thankful heart. Because the habits of a thankful heart are people who are fully persuaded in the grace of God, in the victory of God, and what Jesus did for them. You got to be fully persuaded. Now, this wasn't the first time Paul had been bold, okay? He was expressing his earnest expectation hope that he would again be bold in the face of death. Like he, like he always had been. One of the reasons people fall under pressure is because they wait until the big situations to believe God. Okay. 
if you have not learned to trust God in the small things, you won't be able to trust him in the big thing. See, sometimes people wait to something big. And maybe that's you. Maybe you wait for something when things big, then we try to believe God. But hey, you have to learn how to believe God and trust God in the small things. Okay. If you haven't learned how to, then you won't be able to trust God in the big things. Learn how to trust God with the small things of your life. So when something big, you've already been in a habit of practicing, believing, and trusting in God. See, we wait to something uh, drastic or something dramatic, some tragedy, you know, to start trusting in God. And, you know, and and something and that that's it gets hard. But when you've been in practice, when you've been in the habit, and we talk about the habits of a thing for heart, when you've gotten in the habit, and I love that word habit, because habit is something that you train yourself. You do over and over and over again. A habit of a thing for heart is a, is a person who trusts God not only in the big things, but in the small things. OK, so when we. To give you an example here, when David, when, when David fought Goliath, and you can go to 1 Samuel chapter 17, everyone mocked him because of his belief that he could win. Yeah, I remember the story of David. They laughed at David. Goliath was probably 10, you know, 20, 30 times bigger than David, okay? But Goliath was a giant, and David was only a small boy. But David said something very important in his defense. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, Verses 30 and 34 through 30, David revealed that this was not the first time he had depended on God for a victory against something bigger than himself. Okay. Before facing Goliath, he had killed a lion and a bear with his bare hand. And he knew he could defeat Goliath with God's help. So David, guess what? This is an example. David trusts God with small victories. You know, a lion was big and a bear he had to do. And he trusted that God would give him the victory in that. So now he's facing Goliath, which is twice, like I said, way, way bigger than he is. But yeah, he says, hey, I can do this with God's help. Why? Because David got in the habit of trusting and believing God in the small victories. And this is what I want to um, really focus on tonight. Get in the habit of trusting God with the small things first. Okay, get in the habit of praising God and thanking God, even in the small things. Okay, this is what we're going to And then when you get to the big thing, when you have to face big giants or big situations or major things in your life, you've already been practicing and making it a habit. So it becomes natural to it becomes instinct see this is where we got to get to a place we got to get to a place where trusting god and praising god is an instinct it's just you do it naturally you don't have to think about it you don't have to work at it you know it just kicks in when things happen when things come in your life you, it just kicks in you begin to praise him and trust him and say you know what if he did this for me i know he's gonna do this and so david you know, it was an example that we should look at and says, hey, you know what? I can trust God. I can believe God because I've seen him do it with the small stuff. So even though this seems impossible, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> that God can do this. 
So Paul could be confident in the outcome of his actions, regardless of the cause, because he had put his faith to the test many times before. So when you put your faith to the test many times before, then you can be confident. You can be confident of the outcome, you know, even though it likes to the situation looks bad. Paul had lived a life of boldness for many years. Faith, faith must be developed much like a muscle. Now, let me say it again. Faith must be developed much like a muscle. Okay. Those who wait until the day of the contest to start training are going to lose. So much faith is a muscle. You, if it, you know, I was an athlete and I'm saying that, hey, if as an athlete, you couldn't wait to the day of the event, you know, to compete and expect to win. You were just going to lose. You were just going to lose. So faith is like a muscle. It has to be developed. You have to develop faith over a period of time. And so when the day come, when you face disappointment and difficulties as we're going to face in our life, Okay, you can have confidence that you're going to win. But if you haven't spent no time, you haven't developed an intimate relationship with God, if you haven't spent no time in the word, if you haven't spent time learning how to trust him, then guess what? You're going to lose the battle. Okay, when it comes to life um, problems and life struggles, whether it be emotional, spiritual, physical, when it comes to healing, you're not going to be able to believe God like you're supposed to. Because why? You haven't spent no time developing the muscle of faith. And you got to spend some time developing that so that when things come, when these things come, you'll be able to handle it. Okay, so those who, who wait until the day of the kind of start training are going to lose. And that's not the way it works in the natural or in the spiritual. See, the same way in the natural, you have to condition your body. You have to train yourself. You have to develop muscles for the task or the, the competition that you're going to be in. It's the same thing in the spiritual. You have to develop your spiritual muscles so you can be strong and be able to uphold, to sustain the things that are going to come in your life. So you develop a habit. So that's one thing about a good athlete. They develop good eating habits. They develop good training habits, you know, so because they know why. When I face, you know, adversity, when I face tough times, when the race get tough, when the race get hard, I've already trained my body, my muscles to respond in a certain way. And so we got to the same way, train our spiritual muscles to respond in a, in a certain way. That doesn't mean you're not going to cry. I want to say that to you. doesn't mean that there may be moments of you may struggle. But you know what? When you, just like a good athlete, there'll be moments, there'll be moments in that, moments of weakness in there. But when you train your muscles, okay, your muscles, when you when your muscles get tired, we call it, and, and I remember we called it when I was at a second win. You get your second win. And when you get your second win, it feels like, you know, what that strength comes back. And so, therefore, same thing in the spiritual realm. You got to train your spiritual muscles. So when you get in, in the fight and it gets tough, you get your second win. 
And with God's help, why God will give you the strength you need to go through what you go through. So many people are committed to the Lord and the furnace of the kingdom because they trust they will come out on top with him. You got to believe that. You got to believe that you're going to come out on top. However, very few people are committed to the Lord when, when it begins to cost them personally. See, are you committed when it's going to cost you something personal? Personally. Are you going to still be committed? Paul's commitment was the same whether the, the, the personal results were life or death. Paul had died to himself. And guess what? You cannot kill a dead man. You can't kill him. You can't kill a dead man. Paul's commitment was the same whether he was he whether life or death. He says, it doesn't matter whether I live or whether I die. Let me read it again. And he says here in 20, I am fully expected and hope that I would never be ashamed. He said, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. He says here in the last part, and I trust that my life will bring God, bring honor to Christ whether I live or whether I die. He said, but if I live, I'm reading verse 22. I'm going to go a little further. Well, it says 21. It says, for me, this is what he says. For me, living means living for Christ. And guess what? He said, then dying is even better. So Paul was committed. He says, hey, whether I'm committed, whether life or death. So you got to be committed to praising God and being thankful whether the situation turn out the way you want it to or doesn't turn out the way you want it to. Because he says here in 22, he says, but, but if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I'm, I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go to be with Christ, which is far better for me. But for your sake, it is better that I continue to live. He, he was convinced no matter what. And you have to be the same way. You've got to be convinced no matter what. No matter what. And this is the habit you have to develop as a thankful person that say, you know what? Things are not always what they seem. I know it looks bad. And to give examples, is, the question is, how can Paul have so much confidence? How can he have so much confidence in it? It's because of Jesus. And we have, we can have the same confidence. Why? Because of Jesus. And listen, because on the cross, Jesus looked like a total failure. I want you to know that you look like a total failure right now to the world. You look like a total failure. Jesus looked like a total failure. Yet, okay, what seemed like utter defeat was the means by which God purchased our redemption. Think about that. When people look at the cross, they look at Jesus being crucified. Some people say he was a man dying for his own people. But through all of that, when things look really bad, guess what? That He purchased our redemption through that. If God can redeem even the cross, what can what can keep him from redeeming the circumstances in your life? So God is working through your circumstances to accomplish something greater than you can imagine. Okay. He's going to work through your circumstances. So because if God would look at Jesus on the cross, 
you know, call him a total failure. Some people still believe that, hey, he was just a man that died for his own people. But guess what? For those who put their trust in Jesus, Joe, those who believe in what he did, he redeemed, he purchased our redemption with his precious blood. So it was the, the crucifixion didn't look like what it seemed. Okay. It didn't look like it didn't look like that. The crucifixion, it it was it's and that's when you get the phrase, things are not always what they seem. The cross was not what appeared to the eye. He gave us victory. So guess what? If God can do it through that, he can do it through your circumstances, but you just have to put your trust in Jesus and develop this habit of praising him and says, you know what? I know my circumstance looks bad, but you know what? It's not what it seems because God is going to work through my circumstances and I'm going to come out on top in the name of Jesus. And I believe that for someone tonight, I believe that for you, but you just have to trust in God and you have to develop a habit of just trusting God, as I say, in the small things, okay? In the small things and understand that, hey, so when you get to the big things, you'll be able to trust him. Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you that God, that you are working things out for our good. Praying for the person right now who are dealing with maybe huge or some um, really hard circumstances right now and god i pray that you would give them the strength god give them revelation that things are not what they seem that you're going to work this thing out for their good they're going to come out on time but god in regards of the outcome let them know that you're going to that they they need to trust you no matter what the situation brings because god in the end no matter what, they're going to come out on top, just like Jesus did when he died for us. Thank you for him purging our redemption. And God, you're going to bring your people out on top, even in the midst of a bad situation. We give you glory now and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, I thank you. We'll be back with you again next week on another a lesson about the habits of a thankful heart. Once again, if you love these uh, videos, share them with your family and friends, somebody you know who needs to hear this word. And once again, we'll see you again next week. Once again, thank you and bye-bye.